0: There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, it's another week, another new episode. We're going to talk about comics. We're going to talk about a comic book television show. But before we get into all that, we're going to venture into the rumor realm.
1: We haven't done that in a while.
0: I know, and it's rebranded. We went from the rumor mill to the rumor realm because I like comic booky things like Peter Parker Bruce Banner. I like them to rhyme. Have, start with the same letter. So we're going to go to the rumor realm because San Diego Comic-Con is amongst us. Yeah. Um, it's going to be this week if you're listening to this in real time. And there are a ton of rumors coming out of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe amongst other universes. But because this is our Miss Marvel season review episode, I'd like to talk about some Marvel casting rumors that have been hitting the web and I have one for you, um, just based on one of these casting rumors, because it kind of takes away from a rumor or a fan cast that you and I had before. So let's talk about Blade for a second. Um, it's rumored that we're gonna see something about Blade, whether it's stills, whether it's Mahershala Ali out there actually saying like, "Hey, this movie's really gonna happen," or whether it's this casting of the villain of Blade, the legendary vampire Dracula played by none other than Homelander, Anthony Starr. I am 100% on board with this. Where do you stand with this?
1: Yeah, um, I've never seen anything Anthony Starr in besides The Boys. I know he was in Banshee. Uh, I've never watched So good. It. So good. Um, but he was great in that. I fan-casted something to you uh, before this came out, and I was like, he could be perfect at this role. And, I mean, it still could happen. But I like the idea of him as Dracula. I think he's perfect for it. He is amazing in The Boys.
0: Yep, which will actually be our next episode that we're going to break down. Uh, We'll break down season three of The Boys. But take ownership on that fan cast. Be the first one to say it, Chuck. Don't just leave the the listeners at bated breath. Who do you want Anthony uh, Starr to play? Fraun exactly come on you can't just leave that easter egg out there and say eh, we'll circle back when it's right and i can say i told you so you gotta give the people what they want and he would be a perfect thrawn if they're not going robert downey jr anthony Starr has the build mm-hmm. of thrawn and you know i'm gonna steal what you said but you said it perfectly if you watch the boys the scene where he's giving the monologue into the mirror is yeah. thrawn
1: yeah as soon as i saw it i was like pain and blue he's thrawn and I text you as soon as you saw, you saw the episode a little bit after me. But as soon as you saw it, I was like, that scene, he's thrown.
0: Yeah. Uh Maybe that'll happen. Um, I know that they're going to talk a little Star Wars. There's a rumor that Hayden Christensen uh, is going to show up in Ahsoka that in flashback be- form. And Darth Vader will also be in Ahsoka, which is super dope. So I'm here for that. Now let's go to another casting that you and I have been talking about for a while. We actually thought evan peters was going to be this guy in wandavision and that's wonder man yeah and the rumor is that henry golding is going to play wonder man and again i love this casting i think henry golding is a great actor crazy rich asians was i mean obviously a blockbuster it's one great of my yeah snake eyes was a disaster i don't yeah. think that was his fault and he was phenomenal in the Gentleman. So, are you on board with Henry Golding as Wonder Man?
1: Yeah. You know, I know for a while, what, Nathan Villain wanted it. Yep. I know he voiced Wonder Man in your favorite show, Modoc. Yep. I'm good with Henry Golden. I think he would have played a good Namor. But um, I'm okay with Wonder Man.
0: Yeah. Either one would have been good for me. We already have our casting of Namor. We'll probably see Black Panther footage uh, mm-hmm. next week. This week, So we'll probably talk about that next week. Um, But also in this Wonder Man series that they're developing for Disney Plus, there's a rumor that Ralph Boner is going to show back up because let's not forget, Ralph Boner was an actor. Wonder Man is an actor. Perfect. Yeah. And this kind of leads into the relationship between Wonder Man and Scarlet Witch. So I don't think we've seen the the last of uh, Miss Elizabeth Olsen. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Here's two big ones and I don't know if this is true uh, but it may be solidified based on what we're going to talk about in our meat and potatoes of this episode but the rumor is Professor X and Cyclops have been casted and if those two have been casted that means that more castings have happened and we may get the first X-Men lineup casting at San Diego Comic Con. Now, that could be possible, or we could just be blowing smoke out of our ass, but if these are true, the three that I heard Giancarlo Esposito as Professor X, Glenn Powell off of, you know, the Top Gun Maverick success is gonna play Scott Summers Cyclops, and Taryn Edgerton has been casted as Wolverine, is the rumor. I'm here for all three of them. Um, I only really know Glenn Powell from the Expendables. Yeah, I think it was like Expendables 2. Three. I didn't see Top Gun. I'm never going to see Top Gun. Giancarlo was perfect. And that anything that he does, he's perfect. We had already casted him as Doctor Doom.
1: Which would have been amazing.
0: Yeah. Glenn Powell looks like Scott Summers. Um, I honestly thought it was Scott Eastwood at one point. So I can see that. Taron Edgerton, smaller, great actor. He... Has recently been in the gym putting on a ton of muscle. So that could be, you know, a superhero role coming up. Those three, are you on board for all three of them? One of them, two of them, where are you at?
1: I love all of them. Uh, I think Giancarlo Esposito, I think, would be a better Doctor Doom. But I'm not mad at Professor X. Glenn Powell, even though you said you won't see it, uh, was really good in Top Gun Maverick. And Taron Egerton, you know, he's great. Uh, great as Eggsy in the um, the Kingsman movies, I think he would he would be perfect for it. You know, obviously he's got a lot of big shoes for fill with Hugh Jackman. You know, a lot yep. of people are just gonna be like, "Oh, Hugh Jackman," you know, was always Wolverine, and yeah, that might be true, but you know what? It's time to move on.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Hugh Jackman kind of seems over that role, and I'm fine with it. I mean, he was a legend at it. Go out with a bang in Logan, and you can start over. Um, although if he were open to coming back into the universe, I'm here for it as well. Um, another weird rumor that's been popping up on a lot of my feeds is that Jason uh, Siegel is being cast as Ben Grimm and is going to first appear in She-Hulk. Where do you stand with that? Because I know a lot of people wanted John Cena. Some people wanted Michael Chiklis to come back. Uh, where do you stand with Jason Siegel, an actor who I haven't seen in the limelight for a very long time being cast as Ben Grimm?
1: Not at all what I thought who would be Ben Grimm. I remember maybe a couple of years ago, Mark Wahlberg went and visited Marvel and he said for a role, potential role. And I said he would be a good Ben Grimm because I think of Ben Grimm is he's smart, but he's a, a gearhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. He is. Cade Yeager. Yeah. <laughs> you ne- You will never give that up. Never, ever. But, like, he is a tinkerer. He's a mechanic. Like, a blue-collar guy, which I think Mark Wahlberg, you know, pulls all. He is a blue-collar guy. And I like Jason Siegel. I think he's funny. He's done some really good movies. I don't see him as Ben Grimm.
0: You know, anything's possible at this point with Marvel. Um, they've done really good. I remember a while ago when the the show we're about to review... When Amon Valani was cast, we were a little leery because she had never done anything. And we said, let's trust Marvel in this. And the same can be said for this one. They haven't really missed a no, lot of castings. They so this one could be good. It also kind of leads me to believe, if they're sticking to the storyline and the, the lore, that we're going to have an older Fantastic Four. So John Krasinski is still in play. Um, I saw somebody do a fan cast for The Fantastic 4 um and they went with uh Penn Badgley as Mr. Fantastic.
1: I've been seeing that around.
0: Um, yeah, and Melissa Benoist as uh Sue Storm. And both of them I mean I I don't really like like either one of those castings. Uh Melissa Benoist was good as uh Supergirl. Penn Badgley plays a great sociopath, psychopath, serial killer, and you, but uh, I want John Krasinski. I mean, that's... Yeah. You you already gave me the appetizer, just give me the full meal with the rest of the cast, but we'll see. But I'm going to give you mine, my fan cast that... Now that... Let's say that the Giancarlo Esposito casting is for real and Doctor Doom is off the table. I've been sitting in my bed pondering for... About two or three weeks now since I first saw this rumor and you know maybe that there's a theory going around that they show some Black Panther stuff and the theory that we've we've been talking about and that you and I I think we I'm not gonna take credit for saying that we've had it but uh, that we started it but we were early adopters of this theory that Dr. Doom should show up in let's say that that happens and it's true Um, I want one of my favorite actors to play Dr. Doom if Esposito is actually Charles. And I want Cillian Murphy to play Dr. Doom.
1: I'm on board with that.
0: Dude, I've been watching Peaky Blinders season six and like five and four. I've been watching a lot of Peaky Blinders. Um, And I just I can see him being evil, but I can also see him being gentle. Like if we get an origin story and forgiving and then just being a con artist, too. Him and Krasinski on the same screen would be amazing. I know they shared a movie where he saved Krasinski's wife in Quiet Place 2. But those two would be fantastic on screen together. So if that happens and further down the line we get Dr. Doom in the Fantastic Four movie with John uh, Krasinski and Jason Siegel, apparently, uh, I'm here for it. Uh, so you're on board with, with that casting.
1: Yeah. Um, but I have something, I don't know if you saw, I saw a rumor, um, pop up a little bit here and there, um, who they're trying to court to direct Fantastic Four Spielberg. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. I mean, he really doesn't miss a lot and I think he, he can work with an ensemble cast. You know, he's worked on sci-fi. He hasn't done a superhero movie. He's done pretty much every genre you can think of. Musical biographies. Yeah. And I thought... I think it would be great.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see if he can take orders from a higher power like Kevin Feige. True. That's the, that's the big thing. It is Steven Spielberg.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, Steven, give him a, a long leash. You know, where some directors... You know, like um, Sean Payton from Ant-Man. They might have gave him a a, sh- a short leash. But with Spielberg, give him a long leash. You know what I mean? Like,
0: Yeah, I mean, we would think that, right? But Edgar Wright walked away. And, you know, he was an early Marvel Studios adapter. Um,
1: but he's not Steven Spielberg.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. But Scott Der- Derrickson walked away. You know, a lot of people are walking away. Uh, but none of them are Steven Spielberg, so you know I'm not saying Steven Spielberg is like the end all be all, but he is one of the greatest directors of all, of our time. So if you give him a longer leash, I still would like him to be able to take notes, because I don't want it to I don't want this to turn into something that it doesn't have to be. Yeah, um, I'm here for it. I would never not have Steven Spielberg direct a movie of a, a Fantastic Four property, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, but before we move on to my picks of the week, I just wanna just wanna put things into perspective. Um, I just got a text from Tom. You know, Tom from Galaxy Wars, the podcast that is re-emerging this upcoming week. We're re- we're returning, we reboot it, we are ready to go. Um, he just texted me a picture of a Instagram post. Giancarlo Esposito met with Marvel Studios recently for an upcoming role at that some speculate to be Professor X. And I said, I'm actually talking about it right now on Active Geek. Um, and he said that he never thought of it, but he was, he really likes it. So Tom's on board too. So <laughs> it's a little inside the Active Geek verse going on here. It's a very multiversal show. But that's our rumor realm. Maybe we'll continue to revisit it. Dep- I mean, we've got a lot of good products coming out. We crossed some shit products off our list. So, yeah. you know, Resident Evil... But maybe we'll uh, we'll return to this. Now let's go into my picks of the week, and I have three, one from each studio. And the first one is called Rogues Gallery, and it's from Image uh, Comics, and it's written by Hannah Rose May with art from Justin Mason and Trona Farrell. I apologize if I got that wrong. Um, and it's a series premiere. Writer Hannah Rose May makes her comic book debut with rising artist star Justin Mason for an all-new series with Declan Shal- Shalvely. The Purge meets Scream in a home invasion thriller that follows a disenfranchised TV superhero actress Maisie Wade as she is terrorized by a group of unhinged intruders cosplaying her day job's arch-villains. If Maisie is going to survive the night, she'll need to be the hero she has come to despise. It's an action adventure horror thriller, and the register pitch is the purge meets misery and a twist on the comic cl- or classic slasher tale, where a celebrity's biggest fans become their greatest foes. What do you think of Rogues Gallery?
1: I'd seen like them cosplaying as their villain, like it would be like a bunch of people cosplaying as the Sinister Six and going after Tom Holland.
0: That's a terrorizing idea.
1: <laughs> it. It sounds cool. Yeah. I really like the idea of them cosplaying as the villains.
0: It's very meta, right? And it's a very, like, psychological thriller. Like, let's say that's your claim to fame. Let's go Nathan Fillion. Let's bring him back up. All of of his villains from, you know, Firefly being cosplayed or his co-stars being cosplayed, like, that's a terrorizing thing. To like, just to think about it. So I put that number one on my list. Like that's the first thing I'm picking up this week, and I can't wait to read it. And I'll circle back next week with my uh, my rating on that one. The next one, we're going back to the Axe World, not the body wash, not the body spray, but Axe Avengers, X Men, Eternals, Judgment Day. It's the first one. It's written by Karen Gillen with art from Valerio Shitey. And in the land of the righteous, the X-Men claim they're the planet's new gods. The Eternals know that, uh, know that position is already filled. The Avengers are about to realize exactly how many secrets their so-called friends have kept from them. Years of tension leads to a volcanic eruption as two worlds burn. Who has leaked the X-Men's secret to their latest foe? Why is Tony Stark abducting an old friend? And who stands in judgment over the whole world? Judgment Day from Kieran Gillen and Valerio Shaiti is the apocalyptic emotional event to define the summer. Now, Marvel has a tendency to go out there and say, it's going to define the summer. This is a defining (laughs) moment series. I think and I've heard tur-
1: that several times from them in the past yeah, couple and be- years.
0: Then it turns out to be shit. Yeah. Are you gonna take a gamble on this one?
1: Probably not.
0: Really? X Men, Eternals I, and yeah. Avengers?
1: I don't know. I mean
0: I read that last Eternals one that I you know, I plugged as my you know, my pick of the week for this uh what was it, this one of the two episodes I released this week. There's going to be three this week. This is the third one. Um, and I did not like it.
1: I got the Eternals. They brought right around when the movie dropped. They uh, put an Eternals comic. I got yeah. the first two. I didn't like it. I stopped it.
0: I, I, didn't like, I don't think I like Eternals comics. And I think that's the problem. So I'm going to give this one a shot because I love Avengers. and I love X-Men. Not sold on the Eternals quite yet. Um, but I'll give it a shot. The next one, the final one, and then we get into Miss Marvel, is from DC Comics, the first one in what feels like three weeks that we've talked about, um, and is DC vs. Vampires All Out War, number one. Now, if you go back, I had already suggested DC vs. Vampires, the main series, and that is a fire series. Yeah, um, I'm reading that. So good. Uh, I almost bought the coffin and the crypt collection, not knowing they were just the issues I've already read. Uh, But this is a one of six miniseries, and one of the latest, or one of the last secrets underground human cities is facing total annihilation, and its leader John Constantine must plan a suicide mission to assassinate a key lieutenant in the vampire empire. Or yeah, that rhymes. Um, Against unreal odds, and with an unlikely team including Booster Gold, Deathstroke, and Mary Marvel, does the Hellblazer have one of the one more trick up his sleeve? a gritty violent monochromatic companion series to dc's uh to dc versus vampire but it's a uh you know again if you're reading dc versus vampires this is one they get the cover that i'm looking at right now has um deathstroke booster gold constantine osriel dead man bane and mary marvel so think of that lineup and if that's not the lineup just think of those characters in the same book and you've got a jam like that's going to be amazing so you going to pick that one up, my friend.
1: I'm sure uh, Liz from Crossroads already put it aside. Anytime that it's the same, like it, it's just kind of like a spinoff. She always puts it aside for me. So yeah, I'm she's pretty great sure it's waiting stuff. for me. Oh, yeah, she's awesome.
0: All right. Let's take our pop culture passport, and we're going to enter spoiler territory as we go to Jersey City, which is only an hour and a half drive from where we're at currently, but we're going to yeah. go there. <laughs> we're going to go to Karachi present day and we're going to go karachi in the past so double karachi passport stamps which fun fact they're not doing stamps anymore my friend they just scan it i hate it when i went to london and paris they just they scanned my passport i wanted to stamp i got more stamps on my lego passport than i do (laughs) my actual passport and that's super disgusting um, why have a passport if you can't get a stamp? But that's my TED talk. Um, let's go into spoiler territory again with Miss Marvel, um, and we did a little bit of a reaction to the first episode in our Jurassic World Dominion episode. But let's revisit that first episode afterthoughts. And honestly, at the after the first one, I was a little bit indifferent, and I think you were too. Um, yeah. I felt it was, I felt like I was going to enjoy it, but not love it. Um, and I also thought that the background story and the art and all, like, the animation that was going on behind it was better than the actual story and the pilot. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me. So were those the same thoughts that you had after the first episode? I definitely
1: thought it wasn't for me. I mean, I, again, we talked about this. It's not geared towards um, men in their mid-late 30s. I thought it was cool. I, I liked what they did. Uh, we talked about it. It felt more. It felt like a live action um, in the Spider Verse.
0: Yep, it was very. I like
1: what, I like what they did. Not saying that it was for me, but I thought it was good. And then they kind of stopped it.
0: Yeah. So let's go to the end of the season because that's when business kind of picked up. You know, a lot more action, a lot more intrigue to the series, and. At the end of the season, which I just recently finished, I was behind, but I also wanted to kind of keep it fresh because I was watching that and Obi and the boys and Umbrella Academy and so much stuff. I didn't want to everything to kind of bleed in. But at the end of the series and the series finale, season finale, I loved the series. Like I'm eating my words from our previous episode. I actually really loved this series. It was much better than I expected. The story was super compelling. Kamala was likable the villains were unlikable I hated the clandestines I thought they were awful just awful in villains not in character development I thought they were they were bad people and I understand their their premise to try to save the world but I didn't like them Um, and honestly I feel like we got a true origin story and it's been a very very long time since we got an origin story for a character we didn't get one for Moon Knight We didn't really get one for Kate Bishop. We I mean we got loosely got one for Kate Bishop. But like all the the shows that we've watched so far have either been a continuation with the exception of Moon Knight being a new character, but that was that picked up right as he's Moon Knight and Mr. Knight. So this one really felt like Marvel at its best where it gives you the origin story. So walking out of your bedroom or wherever your living room and entering another room in your house how did you feel about the end of the season
1: i liked the last episode i wouldn't say i love the series at all really okay yeah my thoughts are completely different than yours
0: well we kind of knew this was going to happen going into this right you were never a big miss marvel fan not at all um and i don't think you were ev- you were ever going to be a miss marvel fan like that's just not your cup of tea when it comes to comics um i was a little more on the i'm a fan of Kamala than you were but i'm very interested to to hear where you're at in terms of the season
1: i wouldn't say i hate it you know if they make a season 2 i'm going to watch it i'm going to watch the marvels like in my opinion it is my least favorite of the uh marvel disney plus shows oh wow again i didn't hate it I just didn't love it. Like you said, uh, for years, i just never been a fan of Miss Marvel. I never dug her powers. I never d- dug the character. Um, I think it's great that she's here. More inclusion. Uh, someone different. Just different characters and broadening the Marvel Universe. I think that's a great idea. But personally, I'm not a big fan of Miss Marvel. So going in, I liked it better than I thought I would because I was very closed-minded.
0: Yeah, I mean, you thought you were going to hate this.
1: Yeah, and I like—I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's okay. I thought she was great. I thought she was a good Miss Marvel.
0: Yeah, Amon um, Valani was perfect. Yeah. Um, For someone who has zero acting credits to her name, she was amazing.
1: Yeah, she she was good. The ending, the suit was perfect
0: beautiful and i love that her mom made it like you can tell that she's just like it's very spider-man like it, it's it's your definitely. hometown hero
1: and i liked how her parents were so against it and then at the end they were realized like this is her and you know you saw the costume <laughs> the incredible hulk costume that they made the dad and then this one was like okay no this is perfect suit like they did a great job on the outfit. The story wasn't really compelling to me. Okay. Um they changed her powers a lot.
0: I mean yeah. We, and they seemingly changed her origin uh and species. Or not species, yeah. but like you know, class of human. Uh which we'll talk about, but I thought I honestly thought the story was compelling. I know there were like there were some dull parts, right? And they had to be like the you know the Cameron stuff, kind of felt a little forced that they just threw him in. Um, I think this show honestly would have benefited from one more episode, um, or less time in the past. Like I think episode five was spent primarily in the back, uh, the past of Karachi. I think the clandestines needed to be a little fleshed out a little bit more.
1: And that's and that's kind of my gripe. Like they didn't, it didn't feel like a villain. Like they they were there and they introduced them like episode three and they were gone by episode what four six. and a half.
0: No, they were gone by episode five. six. And
1: then like and then it was like, oh the big bad is damage control.
0: I still don't think the big bad was damage control. Up until At the, the end? Very well end. no,
1: no no. I mean like once the clan was gone then it was yeah. like, oh here's
0: But that was episode five of a six part series, so you know, damage control was introduced in the end credit scene and and they in the first series or first episode and they had less screen time than you know the clandestines until the you know the, the very end um what were some of your pros to the series
1: her suit obviously um the actress herself okay i thought that was great i think the casting was good um the supporting cast around her parents were great
0: her dad was a great Father, just in general. Yeah. Like, he yeah. was there for his kids, like, thick and thin. Like, I was, uh, uh, you know, he was awesome.
1: Uh, I thought Bruno was great.
0: Bruno was great. Brian, Bruno, Brent, whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Um, kind of felt bad for him because he was friend-zoned uh, in the high oh, school. Oh, he
1: was friend-zoned so bad. Uh,
0: but, you know, come on. You got Cameron, who was showing up. And not Cameron from Dipset. You got Cameron from, you know, Ms. Marvel Comics showing up. Um, I honestly thought that Miss Marvel was going to end up, you know, more romantically involved with Red Dagger. Because yeah. I thought that that storyline was really cool. Um, and I like, I kind of like what, it's not that I kind of, I really like what they're establishing over in like the the Asiatic African parts of the marvel cinematic universe right so we've got everything going on in wakanda we've got the 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 scarab in egypt we've got red dagger in pakistan like i really love that they're broadening their horizons in terms of their heroes and like making it a bigger stage than just like space and new york so like i'm here for that and you know obviously you have The Eternals in London, like with Dane Whitman in London, Blades in London right now, and so is um, Moon Knight. I like that they're doing that. Um, I'm right there with you with the pros, man. Um, But I also think that it was great storytelling. I disagree with you saying it wasn't compelling. Um, And I feel like they really made Kamala fit into the universe. They didn't force feed us Kamala and be like, this is how she exists. Like They really made Kamala fit into the MCU, and I think that was smart. Um, and it gave me like, you know, I, I teasingly joked and said, like, Moon Knight should show up in this, or the pa- the Punisher should show up in this, but I like that they kept on the same train as they did with Moon Knight, and they tied in her culture, which was an essential part of the story, uh, just like you kind of said in the beginning. Um, cons in general, um, my main con was the powers being changed, and, the explanation of the powers, like with the bangle and its historic and all that stuff, but after seeing the finale and them explaining everything, I totally understand it, and I kind of enjoy the change. Uh, it makes her less cartoony because a lot of her powers are like really, really cartoony, yeah. And they they humanized her, and I'm okay with that because we again we live in a Marvel Cinematic Universe where a lot of things are. Are humanized and they're outlandish, but they're explainable. So, this was outlandish, but yet explainable. So, I'm happy with that. My one big gripe, though, is I thought for sure Scott Lang was going to show up because Ant Man was getting free press this entire series from. He was getting pressed from his podcast in the first episode to the fifth episode in Karachi, where there's a you know a mural of Ant Man. They are hyping up Ant Man. I thought Paul Rudd was going to show up, but we didn't get that, and I'm okay with that. Um, did you have any gripes besides the powers or the comp- the non-compelling storyline?
1: No, I mean, they were the ones that really set me off. Uh, I do agree with you, like, maybe that's the reason I didn't like Ms. Marvel from the beginning is because of, you know, in the comics, like, her powers. She just looks like, she's kind of like a copycat of Reed Richards, but yep. more campy. Yeah. Um, But, like, I get it why they changed it. Obviously, her genetics, I liked a lot more. But I didn't really have any other huge gripes.
0: Yeah, and they needed to differentiate Reed's powers from Kamala's powers, and I think that was smart. Uh you know, we already have a quote unquote Reed Richards in our universe. We didn't really see a lot of his powers. He got turned into, you know, a a balloon animal pretty quickly. But um I I like that they kind of switched it up a little bit and now that, you know, they kind of made her seemingly a mutant, um I'm not sure if that's really where they're going but if you're saying some type of mutation and the x-men theme song is playing a part of me says that she's a mutant
1: that was like the best part of the series for me like i'm watching it i'm paying attention and then that music pops up and then i'm like wait i had to rewind it to make sure that i heard it correctly
0: Yeah, yeah i mean it was uh It was perfect. It was a very cool moment. So it seems like they're putting the onus on the X-Men being introduced and they needed to do this and kind of lines up with the rumors that we talked about. I also heard that the uh, Black Bolt's going to be reintroduced in the Marvels uh, with the royal family. So I think that that would be pretty cool moving forward. Um, In terms of Kamala's place in the MCU, I think moving forward she's going to be more important than Moon Knight. Kate Bishop and some of the other characters at this point that have already been introduced. I think Loki and Sylvie have their stories to tell. Um, we don't know what's going on with Captain America other than he's getting a fourth movie. We don't know the timeline and so on, but um, she's the first one crossing into the movies. And yeah. I think that's a, a big thing to to look out for here. Not to mention that Carol Danvers makes a cameo at the end um, when Kamala touches the bangle and I just wanted to kind of talk about that for a second the Marvels comes out on July 28th 2023 so it's going to be shooting fairly soon and we see Kamala disappear and Brie Larson shows up right and she's like oh no 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 as she's walking out of frame assuming that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is using comics for their inspiration um, the bangle could actually be Um, a nega band which is an ancient kree artifact that helps you manifest physical energy which gives you the tie into captain marvel showing up so maybe she's not mutated maybe she's kree there's always that possibility um and that gives you the ability to kind of swap positions that's what the comics did at least um so that's why we have that um so if we don't know where miss marvel is at this point kamala um in the comics she would be in the negative zone now I think that that would be cool for the Marvels to, Miss Marvel and Monica Rambo, to look for Kamala in the negative zone. And that's when you find, you know, you could find the Fantastic Four, you could find the Inhumans, you could find a lot of different villains there as well. Um, so that's a pretty big plot point if they want to go that, that way. And seeing that, you know, the next stage of the MCU is more galactic, which. To be honest with you, they said Phase 4 was all intergalactic and we got the Eternals, which are space beings, but most of their time was spent on Earth. Moon Knight spent on Earth. Spider-Man spent on Earth. Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Um, the only thing that really went to space was Thor because he's a goddamn god. So it you know, it makes sense that they have to revisit space. So I'm okay with that. Um, if she... Ends up showing up in like the negative dimension or like the Nor dimension, which has kind of been discussed in the universe, like with the clandestines and stuff. So I'm very curious to see where she goes. But do you think that they did a really good job introducing Kamala? Well, not introducing, but finding her place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
1: I think it, it did well for what they needed to. You know, I was wondering if Carol Danvers was going to show up or how, you know, because. I was like, if this gets to season two, it's not going to get to season two before the Marvels. So how how are they going to connect or is it just going to end and then they'll do a short, you know, not origin story of how Kamala gets there. It was pleasantly surprised to see. Uh, I was hoping, but it was cool to see Carol.
0: Yeah, and you know, you know it was also pleasant. She got another goddamn haircut.
1: She got more hair changes than...
0: She's got six haircuts. She's got more haircuts than Iron Man has suits in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is disgusting. <laughs> Find one hairstyle and stick with it. Um, but but um, the most important, important question before we go to geek grading and some of the Easter eggs that I found, it would you rather her be a mutant or an inhuman at this point? Mutant. Likewise. Um, I'm huge, and I know you are with comic lore and keeping the origins as close as possible. But... I really don't care about the Inhumans. I don't care. The Inhumans and the Eternals are on the same plane for me. I don't care about them.
1: Well, uh, also, too, is they've, they've done that. It didn't work.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's two Inhumans that I want to see. Black Bolt and Lockjaw. We've seen Black Bolt. Lockjaw can show up at some point And you have the Inhumans. You can you don't have to bring back the exact same cast of the inhumans no. <laughs> i don't need <laughs> I to see not. i don't need to see you and ren and all those people show back up um if you're gonna keep anton mount as black bolt from you know doctor strange i'm good with that they did him justice he exists now you can see him floating through his space they go through the moon they see him like hey you know have you seen anybody and he doesn't open his mouth he speaks sign language whatever um the mutants need to be re- introduced at. As early as possible. Yeah. So I'm with you. So this is probably going to be the most compelling question of the show. Geek grade it.
1: We're Normally we're on point. I don't think we're going to be on point.
0: We're now. definitely not going to. I think you're in like the low sevens.
1: 7.1.
0: Yeah, I'm 9.2. <laughs> that
1: might be our biggest device. You know what? No. I think our biggest device was uh... – Godzilla vs. King Kong.
0: Yeah, because you were like at 11 and I was at a 4. Um, <laughs> let's talk Easter eggs, and then I want to read a quote about Kevin Feige because you and I have been talking about how Season 4 or Phase 4 has kind of seemed a little jumbled, um, and I have something that I, like a little thought about that. Um, so, again, there was a lot of Ant-Man stuff. There was Camp Lehigh. We saw that. All of the, the merch was famous sayings throughout the the marvel universe i can do this all day there were stark cheerleaders there was as guardian pride shirts um obviously damage control which i thought was going to play a bigger part uh but it was nice to know that they're still around we haven't seen them since spider-man homecoming
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they were supposed to get a series i'm glad they didn't get a series because i didn't like either one of the characters that they introduced we got the kingo reference i think we talked about that in our first reaction where um kingo's been dropped in almost everything since the eternals there was a stark drone kamala destroys a stark drone which yeah. was controlled by damage control so obviously damage control has some high-tech power which leads me into another thing that damage control Damage control was using it but it seemed like more of the Kledet signs were using it shatari weaponry yeah clandestines had it but it looked like damage control kind of like perfected it a little bit better and gave it like sonic booms to it so that was kind of weird um there's a part in the bangle flashback where the clandestines like are looking for the bangle they give you an overhead shot it's beautiful it's a beautiful image um and you're focusing on the clandestines but what we missed and i went back and watched it once i read about it was um On the floor is the Ten Rings logo, which is is very cool. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so there's a, you know, obviously Ten Rings kidnapped Tony Stark. Shang-Chi's father was the leader of the Ten Rings. Uh, Shang-Chi's sister is now the leader of the Ten Rings. So, you know, just kind of keeping it there and letting us know that they're still around was really cool. The clandestines, when they found the bangle in the flashback again, the bangle was on a blue hand what's a blue alien that's been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Cree Cree what's Captain Marvel Cree Cree right we were talking about Cree the Kree, the bangle being possibly Cree Tech you know this this is your introduction into the Miss Marvel or the Captain Marvel universe so I think that that's very cool uh, we got dr Eric Selvig uh, references from Bruno we got the costume changes we got her like homemade costume like like uh spider-man had and then we got her full costume which was again beautiful her mother crushed it um the embiggen stuff was cool they made it more believable i like that she still had like that kind of geo force kind of tech like feel to her hands and her feet they didn't make her look cartoony i thought that that was great and I love that her logo came from her broken necklace at her name, yeah. and that they said you know in Urdu, uh, your name means marvel, and that's how they got her name. Uh, but the one thing that stuck out to me, and I pointed it out to Chelsea, and it's not it's not a huge moment, but r- from reading the comics and being a geek for you know panels versus shot, when she's sitting on the lamppost, it's iconic. That's one of her oh, yeah. best. That's one yeah. of her best panels in any comic book that she's been in. Uh, And we got it, and I was very, very happy with that. So those are just a few Easter eggs that I found. I'm sure on my second or third watch, I will uh, be able to um, find some more. But I screenshotted this from Kevin Feige because a lot of people are saying that, you know, Phase 4 is almost over, and it was really bad. Not a lot of people are high on Phase 4. Um, And he says, as we are nearing the end of phase four, I think people will start to see where the next saga is going, Feige told Total Film. I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of which of where this whole saga is going. Feige teased, will be a little more direct about the uh, about that in the incoming months. To set a plan so audiences who want to see the bigger picture can see a tiny, tiny, tiny bit more of the roadmap. Well, I hope to God Kevin Feige can see some evidence of progress. You're the brains behind this. He says, There's many clues that at least are apparent to me. No shit. You produced all these. You know what I mean? Like you produced everything. And I know you said that, you know. They're going to reveal more. You, I'm I'm sure this is, the th- honestly, the quote that you were responding to last week when you said they're going to reveal more and the big bad coming soon, and we're like, it better be Kang. And I'm going to guarantee that it's Kang. And this is why I think it's going to be Kang. Every character in Phase 4 that we've seen for the most part has featured a character that has... A conflicted storyline and alter ego, if you will. Right? Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi had Sean. Black Widow had Yelena and the Widows. So there was always an alternate. Hawkeye, Ronan, Kate Bishop, just Kate. Uh, Loki with Sylvie. Moon Knight with Steven and Jake. Yeah, Steven and Jake. Kamala has Miss Marvel and Kamala. Who else has multi Oh, and obviously, Doctor Strange and all the versions of Doctor Strange, right? In the multiverse and all that shit. Who also has multiple versions of themselves? And it's already been talked about. It's Kang. Yeah. You know, so maybe those are the tiny little breadcrumbs. And maybe more of the apparent clues were the fact that Kang is set, the Kang is set to debut in Ant Man. And who got a lot of love in this series but never showed up? Ant Man. Kang's your villain. It's got to be. You don't introduce Kang in Loki or version of Kang, I'm sorry. Show multiple versions of Kang in Loki and then say, well, Kang's going to show up in Ant-Man. He's going to be your main villain. I mean, it all makes sense. Everybody has different versions of themselves. Even look at Spider-Man. There were three Peters. There was Doc. There was Norman Osborn. Then there was Green Goblin. Everybody who has been featured so far has an alter ego. And even moving forward in the MCU, we're getting a new Black Panther. There's another one. She-Hulk. Big transformation there. Jessica Walters to She-Hulk. There's a lot there. There's a lot there to think of. But that's my TED Talk. That's your TED Talk. That's our (laughs) TED Talk. That's the Active Geek TED Talk. Um, We're going to get out of here, man. Uh, 9.2 for me, 7.1 for you. Pretty big difference, but kind of figured that's where it was going to go. Next week, I think we're going to be on the same page because we are going to be reviewing season three of The Boys. And if you haven't watched it, don't watch it with children. (laughs) Um, Like, If you're not a raunchy show-watching person, don't watch it. It's probably not for you. Um, But we're going to talk about it. And we're going to share our thoughts on it, because I think we both have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, And it's getting a spinoff, which is exciting. So there's a lot coming out of um, Seth Rogen. And a new season. Yeah, it's getting a new season. It's getting a spinoff. It's got an animated series that's getting another season. Um, Seth Rogen's really crushing it with this this storyline. And he's actually one of the underrated producers of superhero content, in my mind. Um, You ever see that meme of... The Phillies pitching actually gets this meme a lot, where it's a picture of the horse, and it's like your yeah. starters are beautiful, your mid, uh, your your mid game mid inning guys are like okay, and then the drawing of the horse is terrible at the end. Yeah, it's the complete opposite of the boys. It's like you have that perfect horse horse, but for season one, season two gets better, and season three is like a Pegasus unicorn head. <laughs> yeah because because the show just keeps getting better and better it does and uh, we'll talk more about it next week um i'm expecting high nines for both of us but that's it you can follow us on social media um we're on all of the social medias. so just look for the active geek galaxy wars will be back this upcoming week tom and i are ready to get an episode out we're excited to be back and it's gonna be a whole new style, so it's not gonna be a lot of repetitiveness from this show to that show. Gym class again is coming. This is not a a hoax. I'm working on it. I just need to record it. Uh, I'm on Cage MyQ on YouTube talking MMA. Chuck's on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. AG cosplay, or AG cosplay, our cosplayer, is on Instagram as well at AG Cosplay. And, uh, yeah, man, that's it. Um, Miss Marvel in the books. Maybe we'll uh, talk about her soon, but I feel like the next time we'll talk about her is um, in 2023. But that's it for the Active Geek Podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.